0: and that's a hole we can fill. So get ready for Pride. It's time for...
1: I never saw that. Hey, everybody. Hi. We are back with our fourth queer-themed episode of the month of June.
0: Pride month.
1: Happy Pride, everybody. So just quickly putting this out there, I just had kind of major surgery two days ago, and, uh... I only mention that in case, you know, I'm slower or sound weird or something.
0: She's on a lot of drugs. I
1: am on drugs a little bit. But she's been tired.
0: A champ. And she's been very brave.
1: Shut up. Nobody wants to hear that. So it's true. this week we are gonna talk about the real world oh, San yeah. Francisco. This was the Third ever season Mm -hmm. of The Real World. They're on
0: like thirty five or something. Are they still doing it? Yeah. I think Facebook just picked up the Real World. Like they now they own the property or something. Because M T V is like, Jesus Christ, really? Are we doing this still? Yeah. So yeah, they're still making them That's
1: pretty wild to me because it's so nineties in my mind. But that's you know, that's the only time I ever saw any of it. So
0: I never watched The Real World. As long time listeners know, they didn't have M T V in my town growing up mm-hmm. i'm sure um, everyone remembered that yeah yeah and so i never saw the real world the only thing i knew about the real world literally well i knew that it was like one of the first reality shows and it was a bunch of people living together mm-hmm. in a house in a very natural and normal situation and then they're completely natural and not set up conflicts mm-hmm. were filmed but the only specific thing i knew about the real world was that puck is an asshole
1: That's so funny. And Puck is is one of the people from this season. The reason, in case you're wondering what the hell does this have to do with Pride Month or queerness, the reason we're talking about this is because there was a person named Pedro Zamora.
0: I almost called him a character, but they're not characters I know, I keep doing (laughs) that too, but
1: it's nonfiction. So Pedro Zamora was on the show, and he was HIV positive, or actually had he had AIDS AIDS, uh, on the show. Mm -hmm. And also... They did a commitment ceremony, the second, I believe, ever televised uh, commitment ceremony between a same sex couple.
0: Really? What was the first? Uh,
1: the, I It was from like the Joan Rivers show or something hmm. like that. I thought mm-hmm. this was the first one. But anyway, it was a really big deal.
0: It was. And um, we didn't get to watch it, unfortunately. I know. So we. The yeah. real world isn't really available streaming those old episodes. So we watched it. Um, a little plug here for Daily Motion.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you guys want to watch the episodes we watched or uh, or whatever, go to DailyMotion. com. I don't know. Or just search on Google. Yeah, use um, the internet search tool. But so I can tell you exactly which episodes we watched.
0: We didn't watch all the episodes that were available. We just watched a smattering, but not all the episodes are available. There were twenty episodes in the season.
1: We skipped a few, but yeah. So we did episodes one and two. So at that point, obviously, it's just people moving into the house, getting to know each other, etc. We watched episode five, and then episodes eight, nine, 10, and 11, episode 17, and episode 20. That's most of the ones that, we, that were available. I think we may have been able to watch like a couple more, like 12, 13, 14, but we skipped those just for the sake of time. But episode 19 out of the total 20 episodes that there were in this season was when they did the... Commitment ceremony. So mm. I'm bummed that that one was not available. But we anyway, just missed that
0: one we did get to watch the one where they go to Hawaii though, which was pointless.
1: Totally pointless. Looked fun though.
0: Yeah, it made me want to go to Hawaii. But
1: yeah. So how do you want to? Should I start talking about the individual characters first? You could, but I have a little through... something
0: that I want to talk about first. Oh, you do. A little oh. thing we've been doing lately. Oh. Um and. It's a special episode of my new segment.
1: See you in the funny papers.
0: See you in the funny papers. See you
1: in the funny papers. It's also kind of disappointing to me that 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 many people actually say that phrase. I thought it's it was like your phrase. phrase, see you in the funny papers. <laughs> <laughs> see you in the funny papers? Yeah,
0: it's an old phrase.
1: Are you kidding? It's
0: just like a light way to say, see you around, see you later.
1: See you in the funny papers is an actual phrase that people use.
0: Yeah. It's old. Well they don't use it anymore, but it's a really it used to be a really common thing. It's in It's a Wonderful Life. When he says goodbye to his friend, the guy that's like hee ho all the time, super fucking annoying. He says, See you in the funny papers.
1: I'm so distressed right now. Because I, I do <laughs> I know that the word that the phrase funny papers is like an old fashioned way to refer to that part of the newspaper.
0: Well, no, that's not accurate. That's just, it's just but a see, way to see, I see refer you in, to the comics.
1: I thought See You in the Funny Papers was specific to our show because we say See You in the 90s at the end.
0: No, that's just... So you just, can
1: understand how deeply disappointed I am right just now.
0: devastated right now. Anyway,
1: so, go ahead with your...
0: This is a special segment of See You in the Funny Papers because one of the participants in The Real World Season 3, Judd Winnick... Mm-hmm was an aspiring cartoonist at the time he Mm -hmm. wanted to have a comic strip and he does get a comic strip in the san francisco examiner yeah in around march or april of 1994 while they're filming this this.
1: on one of the episodes we just watched Yeah, and
0: i found an episode or i i found a copy of the san francisco examiner nice from 1994 that has a couple of his strips um called nuts and bolts
1: is it the right date though
0: I, it's not August the right day. August 20th, no, 1994? this was like for March well, or then April.
1: I hope you have another comic ready then.
0: I don't. The, you're just going to have to let go of your rigid adherence to the rules this once oh, because it's a special occasion. my God. There's a fucking comic strip artist on the show we watched, Jen. I think yeah. we can make an exception.
1: So it's called Nuts and Bolts. It's
0: called Nuts and Bolts. It's by Judd Winnick. One other difference in this segment as compared to other segments... When I usually talk about comics, I talk about the greats, you know, Ziggy, Marmaduke, Garfield, everyone's favorite comics, the funniest comics, clearly the height of comedic invention. Today, we're talking about Judd Winnick's comic, Nuts and Bolts. He was a young 20 something Gen Xer, you know, he wanted to make the, what did he call it? The Simpsons, but like the Gen X Simpsons, kind of. Right. This group of people that live together um i don't know who the characters are and so it's hard with just one comic strip i haven't read this forever um but i'm not going to be fun poking fun at it in the same way that i do those very very funny i almost said unfunny i don't know what i was thinking oh, wow very very funny comics such as ziggy
1: what a slip of the tongue oh that man
0: been... so in the first panel let's see i'll give you the panel overview there's one two three Four, five, six, seven, seven panels oh, in this one. Oh boy, it's long. Yeah. Um. There's a couch, and there's a person. I think it's a person sitting down, cross-legged, eating a bowl of cereal, and he has a weird black hat on, and he's scruffy. He's got like little scruffy beard around his chin, and there's another person standing next to him who is wearing sweats, maybe like shorts that are kind of long, and a t-shirt, um, and eating cereal. As well. They're both eating cereal. And so the one that's standing, he's about to sit down, it looks like, but the one that's standing says, I just don't get this whole defining a generation thing, that defining a generation is in quotes.
1: Is this still the first First panel? panel.
0: And the person sitting down says, me neither. And then the next panel, it's a close-up on both of them, and it says, we're the MTV generation, the Baby Busters, Generation X. None of them really give the overall picture. And the little guy with the weird hat says, nope. The other one says... In the next panel, I don't think we can be so easily categorized. We're too diverse in so many ways. Next panel, we're separated by gender, race, sexual preference, economics, not to mention age. When does a generation start and end? The other person says, yep. Then next panel, I mean, who are we really? Then the next panel, they're just both eating cereal, thinking about the question. And the final one says, the little guy says, well... We're the generation that can eat cereal at any time of the day. And the person replies, beats disco. Okay. So it makes you think a little bit. I mean, bit.
1: I get it because disco was the 70s and they're saying "Yeah, people ate a lot of cereal in the 80s.
0: Well, people identified with disco with the 70s and that generation of, you know. Yeah, but
1: do people identify cereal with Gen X?
0: I think he did. Well, I didn't find this, like, laugh-out-loud funny. I rarely find comics laugh-out-loud funny. Except for that
1: Garfield from last week.
0: No, including that one.
1: Except for that Kathy from...
0: But I... Oh, God. I forgot about Kathy. I was trying to forget about Kathy. Thank you. I think this... I mean, he talks about this in the show a little bit. He talks about Generation X and how he wants to make this comic about Generation X. And they talk about... I, I mean, I just think we talk about this all the time, too, with millennials and generation y and generation z and where the boundaries are and Uh it's stupid to try to define them by one thing especially in the middle of the generation it's much easier to look back and say oh yeah the 70s disco Mm -hmm. i mean that doesn't encapsulate the whole thing either but i just think it was it's funny that it's still relevant and it's so angsty well these yeah i for generation x and the mtv generation
1: totally which i feel like you and i are always in this We're kind of like in between on the cusp of two generations, Mm -hmm. which are Gen Gen X and millennials. Mm -hmm. I definitely do not identify as a millennial because I just when people talk about millennials, it feels like they're talking about very young people. Right. I don't Um, even
0: like avocado toast. So
1: I do. But that was a uh, joke. Everyone
0: likes avocado toast. (laughs) Jesus.
1: It's always funny for us i think because we're sort of like i definitely do identify with that sort of mtv generation Mm -hmm. though like i i get it i'm just on the young end of that and this show the um these people are very solidly gen x people yeah you know anyway okay is that it for the comic segment
0: that's it see you in the
1: a little disappointed because i usually i i like to just like i don't like to be thoughtful about it Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's easier to make fun of things that are bad
1: i'd rather just pretend i hate it
0: yeah well that's part of our generation's go-to you know cynical
1: we are cynical yeah but see we encompass what i like about being on the cusp of our two generations is that we are cynical as fuck but we are also hopeful and like you know what I'm saying?
0: Something I've noticed about um, millennials, as long as we're piling on millennials for we're a little bit. We're not piling anything um, on millennials. I'm not going to get down with Frasier. Sorry, guys. It's just not going to happen. And you're noticing you're that trying. millennials love Fraser. Millennials love Fraser.
1: Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Which millennials are you talking about?
0: All the millennials. When you talk about millennials, it's important to remember to Generalize they are everyone. one block of humanity. And they mm-hmm. all like the same things and think the same things. So...
1: But Frasier I don't I, I don't think Frasier is that thing.
0: Frasier defines millennials. No,
1: but yeah. Frasier's too old for that.
0: It's like shorthand. I know. That's it's it was in reruns when they were little tots growing up mm. and so they saw it all the time when their parents were watching it because all their parents loved Frasier. Um, and now they they love it. That's just something I've learned.
1: Okay. Well, I am going to be watching more Frasier because
0: Because you think you're a millennial.
1: No, because one of our listeners and supporters, Tim, who we've talked about before on the show, Mm -hmm. definitely during the Frasier episode, Mm -hmm. uh, loves Frasier and suggested that I watch more of it while I'm recovering from surgery, which I'm going to do.
0: I think that's a good idea.
1: And I will maybe do a little mini episode all by myself about it. Cool. Without your cynicism.
0: Right. That's part of my generation since I'm a little bit older than you.
1: You're actually younger than me by three months. Right. Not good at math is right. one thing I right notice about your generation. We're
0: right on the cusp of the generations, and I'm on the cusp of being older than you. Stuff There's like, like that. The,
1: all right. Well, that was cool. We got to experience a comic that was created by Judd Winnick from the real world San Francisco. Yeah. The other thing we know about Judd is that Judd and Pam, who was another person on this show, got together on the show, uh, got married, I believe, and a friend of ours... Used to take care of their cat. Yeah. In San Francisco.
0: And they're still married and they still have a cat. Yeah? Well, I don't know if they still have a cat. That was a long time ago.
1: Yes, yeah, so it was 25 Cats years ago. Gone. They might have a different cat. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they were two of the most likable characters, in my opinion, yeah. on the show, for sure. So can we talk about characters? Do yeah, you have let's go more for it. D- okay. Well, they're
0: not characters, again but we're going to refer to them as characters over and over, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and the reason is because... They kind of are characters. They feel like characters because of the way, like you said, it's not, there's nothing natural about this situation.
0: Right, one thing I did notice, and I don't watch a lot of reality TV, I don't really enjoy it that much, but boy, they've really learned how to edit reality TV shows better in the last 20 years Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. make them seem less contrived and the transitions are less awkward. I think they're better at... Telling a story and having a narrative and not having it seem like... Like, there were a few episodes we watched that felt like they edited certain parts of the season just for that episode. And they put certain people oh. in situations together just to create an arc for that episode. And it felt really obvious. and
1: Yeah, but I, I just think that they still do that. Reality shows are all right. about, like...
0: Of course, they still do that.
1: Manufacturing conflict. they're better
0: of- about making it seem natural and transitioning things better from what i've seen of reality shows
1: okay which is not much from your own admission Correct. okay yeah that was one of the things that i was annoyed about in this was that there were these two characters well here sorry let me back up i'm just going to go through the list of characters that i have in front of me and we'll just give brief something about Sweet. them and then we can go back and say whatever so
0: seven teens not teens no recent college graduates 20s most of them Um, early 20s i think seven of them from across the country traveled to san francisco in the first episode to live in a house together
1: yep so we have Corey murphy who it says here that she was from fresno i thought she was from
0: well they showed seal beach california
1: yeah i thought she was from orange county that's weird anyway it doesn't matter But uh, yeah, Corey, Mm -hmm. she is a good little Christian girl. I would say that she uh, changes her personality based on, or not her personality. She's
0: a bit of a chameleon. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She very much wants to be liked and accepted. Mm -hmm. And um, because of that, she ends up kind of altering herself a little bit sometimes. But she's also trying to keep the peace in the house. Anyway, I liked her. She's fine.
0: Yeah, seems like it. We should say just a caveat at the beginning since we did talk about how they edit these things and yes, like we're getting one picture of what these people were like for a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. That's heavily manipulated by editors and oh yeah, directors. I'm and
1: obviously, only saying people
0: like we don't know what they showed us. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's 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 kind of why I say they're light characters. Yeah. Like that's her char- her role. Because what they do for these shows, as everyone knows, but. The real world was like the first show to do this, where the, they find a diverse group of people <laughs> uh, and put them together. So everybody kind of has a role. And Corey, I would say, is, was sort of like, I don't know, the innocent little. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, Judd Winnick, we kind of talked about him already. Mm-hmm. Cartoonist.
0: From New York, right?
1: From New York. Yep. He ends up getting together with Pam. Next is. But did
0: that happen in the show? They didn't really show, no, that I don't think so. It was just not after, based right? on
1: what we just saw. Uh, Muhammad Bilal,
0: mm-hmm. my name is Muhammad Bilal. Hello,
1: hi, 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 Muhammad, who seemed really friendly and warm from the first moment I met him. They got a pool table, though. <laughs> oh. Muhammad, uh, was definitely the least featured, I thought, yeah. person, um, which was a bummer because I really liked him.
0: Yeah, he seemed really interesting, and when he did talk to the camera and mm-hmm. stuff he had like more insights than a lot of the people on the show <laughs> he didn't get into the conflicts as much but he's he, a musician
1: he's a rapper musician he
0: was in a group called midnight voices right which was big in san francisco at the time
1: Mohammed played in this band that I liked and that I knew was quite popular in the city. Bye bye,
0: long, the kind of so Midnight Voices like San Francisco. It's just a melting pot of a whole bunch of people who have fun. I think part of the reason that he wasn't as featured is because he was really busy doing yeah. that stuff. And also, he was from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. The only other person from San Francisco was Puck, who we'll talk about a lot, I bet. Mm-hmm. But he already had a life there, and he had other things going on. So he had a girlfriend there, and he was leaving all the time.
1: But they did—they do break up in the season. We mm. didn't see that happen either. But anyway, but Muhammad was also stuck with Puck as a roommate. Yeah, and so he had to deal with Puck's bullshit a lot. I guess but we should yeah. talk about Puck. Muhammad seemed cool. I would have liked to see more of him. No, I'm going in order. Oh, sorry. How I have this here? Okay. Actually, let's just touch on. We'll we'll talk about Puck last. Next, Pam Ling. Pam was a medical student at the time.
0: Mm -hmm. I've been an overachiever all my life. I am a
1: perfectionistic. I have not failed at anything in my life. I I was kind of laughing to myself thinking like, oh, I guess they just keep living their normal lives, but they just live in a house with all these people. I don't know why I thought everything in their lives was kind of shut down, but it's not, of course. They still are people who need to work and are trying to do stuff.
0: I think other shows later, like Survivor and stuff, are so much more contrived, and they take them out of their lives and put them on this island or whatever. But real world, I think, was one of the whole points was that these are kids just starting their lives on their own, and they're in the real world, and they're... Mm. living with roommates and having jobs and doing these things yeah i guess pam was probably from san francisco too she's
1: from la it says here la
0: but she was going to medical school obviously in san francisco right she must have been
1: yeah yeah she was going to uc san francisco she was pretty rad i also would have liked to see more of her
0: yeah the people that are more like level-headed and calm and reasonable are less featured on these shows often because they're not as interesting. <laughs> but those are the people that I want to see more of because they're like normal people. They're not mm-hmm. these personalities that are over the top and obviously trying to be famous or do something else or get something else out of it. They're just like, oh, that could be a fun experience.
1: Then Pedro Zamora, mm-hmm. who was an openly gay AIDS educator yeah, who came to the house, uh, and he was educating people on safe sex because he talks about how that's how he got it from mm-hmm. unsafe sex. Although, and there was a part that I just want to mention that, cause I really appreciated it where he, somebody was asking him, he was being how interviewed. did you get yeah. it? How did you get it? And he said unsafe sex and, and the
0: unprotected sex. Yeah.
1: And the guy said, are you gay? And he said, I am, but I did not get AIDS because I'm gay. I got AIDS because I had unprotected sex, yeah. and I liked that distinction because I think a lot of the time, I mean, it was a crisis in the gay community, but yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't only gay people who had. Yeah, AIDS. and he
0: was. He made it clear to the person who was interviewing him too that he he could still have a very active sex life as a person with AIDS, and just be safe about it and use protection and mm-hmm. do other things. And so he made that distinction very clear that it had nothing to do with him being gay.
1: Yeah. But Pedro's interesting, too, because he was born in Cuba mm-hmm. and came to the U.S. 1980, he and his family came to the U.S. I came over in
0: 1980. My parents were against the revolution. They didn't believe in the revolution. And in 1980, when the Mario boatlift happened, 125,000 Cubans came over to the United States. Yeah, so he's from, he comes from Miami. Right. To San Francisco. Yep. Um, He meets up with Corey early on in the first episode and they ride the train up from LA. Right. So they kind of bond. Yeah.
1: And he shares, like, he shares that he has AIDS and that he's gay and Corey was cool about it. The only person who wasn't cool about it was Mm -hmm. the next person we're going to talk about named Rachel, Rachel Campos. Oh, man. Who was the only other Latinx person in the house. Like, she and. Pedro, you know, could have bonded over some things. But anyway, she was the only one that had a problem with it. She felt like it was unsafe for her to have to live in a house with someone with AIDS. Mm -hmm.
0: I think out of everybody, the only two people that I have friction with is is Rachel and Puck.
1: For Rachel,
0: her religion tells her, I am evil because I am gay. If that's where she's coming from, then there's a barrier there because we are never going to to be able to sit at the same table. I think like the first night, I told everybody that I was a and I showed everybody my scrapbook.
1: Oh, that's amazing. You are just posted everywhere.
0: Instead of trying to get information, all it was was this total PC, la di kumbaya, how wonderful you are that you speak, and like nothing relevant was discussed. She just got up and left. And, and that, I took that as a sign of rejection. Some people may say, oh, that's ignorant. We all know, you know, HIV can't be true. But you know what? I don't know.
1: I've never lived with anybody with HIV.
0: Well, I guess we're going to agree to disagree. She talks about how she's, she went to Arizona State, I think, some college yes. in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And um, she was a member of the Young Republicans. That oh, comes yeah. out really early. Mm-hmm. And she is. Like, everybody in the House, not everybody, but a few people in the House are kind of like, oh, she's a young Republican, okay, weird. I used to be involved with college Republicans. Quickly, I felt like, I think I've been suckered here. There's this very attractive woman gets off a plane I'm going to live with, and I'm thinking certain thoughts. I say, oh, well, we're going to get along great. And she talks about young Republicans, and I consider myself a real bedwetting liberal. This could get difficult later. But I looked her up. And I know we're not there yet, but I just want to talk about it right off the bat, because I can't stop thinking about it. Her name is now Rachel Campos Duffy. She's married to Sean Duffy, who's a U.S. representative from Wisconsin, and he's a right-wing Republican, Mm -hmm. and so is she. She's a Fox News guest. She hosts shows. Um, Some of the topics that she's hosted about have been about um, abortion. She's very, very anti-choice and gross um she hosted a show about abortion survivors <laughs> okay and i don't think we should get into that right now <laughs> so rachel campos duffy or campos duffy has been on the view apparently before too and she's on fox news shows all the time and I, she's a hateful bigot yeah
1: um, i'm i'm kind of bummed about her because i didn't i really really disliked her from the beginning but it seems like She did seem like she kind of evolved over the course of the season. Like Mm -hmm. she realized Puck was an asshole. She got way cooler with Pedro. I mean, they were never close, but I felt like she grew as a person. Yeah. Uh, So to hear that she's a piece of shit now is that sucks. Then there was a character named Joe that we only saw in two episodes. Puck's replacement. Yeah, Joe uh, replaced Puck in
0: episode 14 i believe is when she joined the house
1: okay so he was kicked out in episode 11 yeah and then they like interviewed people and... But anyway yeah she's a british person um, she's vegan vegan I don't know she anything and rachel else about her. became best friends and that's it all right so puck
0: oh man
1: david is his real name but he goes by puck um he's a bicycle messenger very very proud of that
0: car is my enemy bike messengering is dangerous i have no fear at all i'm i'm right
1: in the only thing i fear is a door i swear
0: yeah he talks a lot about being a bike messenger but then he rides like a bmx bike around
1: he thinks he's like a punk like in a good way you know yeah but he's Um, not
0: he's just an asshole he's he's like a, a child
1: he's a total asshole
0: he's homophobic he's racist yep he's homophobic
1: racist sexist yeah. At least.
0: Well, I mean, that goes without saying. But, yes, it should be said. He's also very sexist. Yeah. Um, yeah, he talks at one point about how, well, he talks a lot about how Pedro is just all about AIDS and I'm gay. And, like, Pedro <laughs> how has. How he whines about it. Pedro gets engaged later mm-hmm. in the season. And mm-hmm. Puck's response To his is, partner, Sean. Well, it seems, like, seems, like, you know, really out there and in your face. Like, I just question their motives. Right. Like <laughs> you would never do that if any two other people were in love and wanted to get married. He's just, He's just an absolute asshole. Yeah. Um, and and then he says things like to Mo about rap and rappers and how rappers oh. need to be more professional and they're always so negative and they're being bad influences on to black straight youth up. And, straight up racism. Yeah, this whole thing horrible, about rap, yeah. Stupid shit. Like because so much punk music is all like positive, happy, good feelings, and they're really great.
1: No, it's that's it's straight <laughs> up it was racism. So dumb. I don't think he used the word thug, or did he?
0: No, I don't think he did. It seems. But he, he talks about how their their pants are down. He sounds like a seventy year old man. Totally. Basically. Yeah. Um. It was just he was and a racist ignorant Muhammad, asshole.
1: Muhammad handled it very well. Yeah. Um, but was obviously fucking annoyed. Oh, yeah, but he also just makes light of Pedro's relationship yeah. and the fact that he had AIDS. Apparently, there's a rumor that when he found out Pedro died, he he was like, good riddance. But oh. he claims he never said that, so who knows. But I mean, he,
0: he seemed to me on the show, like, of course, they paint him as the villain and they edited it selectively and stuff. He put a lot out there, though, and he was trying really hard all the time. Yeah. All the time. And I think that was like genuine like that's how he really that's was his in real life he was probably turning up a little bit to well, be on tv
1: it's it's one of those things that is like super obnoxious and if you think about it at a deeper level it's pretty sad
0: yeah um but it's very clear that I, he's like not very self-confident and he's trying really hard he's arrogant but as he's fuck. also
1: an entitled little fucking yeah. asshole and honestly i do not feel sad for him and i can tell you why right now
0: oh i'm not saying i feel sad no for him, i
1: but. know So I'm just looking at this article from November 24th, 2012, about the fact that he was arrested for stalking a woman. Mm -hmm. He has also been uh, arrested for domestic violence Mm -hmm. on more than one occasion. So like, this is an asshole. This is an asshole person. He was an asshole then. He's an asshole now. He's entitled. He is... The worst of Gen X. He's the worst of (laughs) Generation X men. Do you know what I mean? He's entitled to women, and he's just a piece of shit. And what irritated me was that that's what the whole show becomes about, because that's what is interesting to watch.
0: The conflict.
1: Which, and I, I admit, like, yeah, I get it. Like, it is interesting to watch that conflict. But it becomes about Puck and Pedro, and Pedro finally is like, either I go or he goes. And anyway, they vote him out.
0: Yeah. I was really annoyed by that whole scene because Pedro and Rachel really were the only ones that stood up to Puck and said anything most of the time. And that whole scene where they were having this huge fight and they decided to have a meeting and talk about Puck's behavior and Puck's lack of respect for anyone else in the house and like intentional disrespect. When people asked him to stop doing certain things that were rude yeah. or offensive he would say no i'm not gonna stop i don't care like the and first
1: real he, conflict between him and pedro was he was putting his fingers in in all Pedro's the food. peanut butter yeah. and stuff and pedro was like super grossed out by it and, yeah and he asked him and he the first just kept time like, doing it please because please don't do that
0: and then he's like no I'm, I'm gonna do it who cares it's not a big deal calm down and some of mm-hmm. that is him like trying to be a badass or trying to just not care about what people think but then he turned it up you could tell for the show but he also isn't consistent with anything. Like, he just decides, this is how something is. I'm going to be a child, and I'm going to yell over everyone and not let anyone anyone talk. He never asked questions about anyone else. He'd come into a room and worst. just talk about himself in the middle of a conversation. But my favorite part was at the very beginning of the show, he's riding around San Francisco talking about how badass he is and how he's a bike messenger, <laughs> and he's crazy, and, and he's you know they've got a camera on his bike and a mic on him and he's like oh bike cars man cars are the worst cars suck they're the bane of my existence and i'm on this bike and then like that same episode it comes out well i have to ride my bike cuz i got a dui and they took my license away and then the one of the final episodes that he's in he i think it's like the last episode he goes to get his car and he says the state of california man they're idiots they give me my license back so he goes to pick up his car and it's this huge old 1962 Pontiac Bonneville and all he's doing is talking about this is such a badass car. I love cars. It's this is my favorite thing. This is American made. Like mm-hmm. he's just a fucking idiot that whatever happens to him isn't his fault and he's the best and whatever he decides is the best at the time that fits his narrative is the best. He's oh, just yeah. such an immature little
1: He's an entitled asshole and I, you know, I think he has probably suffered some sort of abandonment in his life and, you know, we could analyze him and talk about why he's such an asshole. But the fact is that he's an asshole. I'd rather talk about other people. Yeah, exactly. And he treated everyone in the house like shit, but especially Pedro.
0: It's interesting you mentioned we could analyze him because I was thinking about reality shows and how artificial they are and they put these people together and set them up for conflict and then just film it and watch it. Um, And it is... It's considered by a lot of people like the lowest form of entertainment. Like it's really lowbrow, shitty entertainment. Just reality yeah, TV reality in general. TV. And a lot of people love it. I'm not saying that it's the worst form. I was actually thinking during this that it's it's like a lot of psychological experiments.
1: Totally. You set well, these
0: things up in these certain constrained situations, and you just see what happens, and you watch. I think these people that also fight. I think people say down.
1: that now because we've had so many reality yeah. shows. This was like the real world was like the first big one, wasn't it?
0: I think it was one of the first big. I mean,
1: it was definitely the first one that I ha- I was ever aware of, um, and so I think I think the attitude about it back then was a little different because now it's been done to fucking death. Yeah, um, I think
0: you could make the argument that there were other forms of TV that were reality based like Candid Camera and other things before but they're not they don't follow the same formula
1: right where I we mean, now follow
0: a group of people that are put in this exactly. situation and then
1: I'm talking about groups of people who yeah have to go through stuff together over the course of a certain amount of right. time or whatever but yeah so the these episodes this season was filmed between February and June of 1994 mm-hmm. they aired between June and November and the last and by the way, in case you all are keeping track of the dates, yes, I know that I didn't get to Montana till August, but I'm count. I first of all, we stretch the rules anyway. Anything from ninety four to ninety six, but uh, I did leave in June to go to Bend, Oregon, mm. to do the program I did before I went to Montana. So it counts. Suck it. Um, <laughs> so the last episode, episode twenty that we just watched, aired on November tenth. 1994 and Pedro Zamora died on November 11th 1994 mm. like hours later and it's so wow. it's so devastating because number one he was 22
0: but it said in the like the last scene as Rachel's leaving they put a little thing that said in loving memory Pedro Zamora
1: yeah, I don't know if that was added later hmm. or what but he died like just after um, but yeah so he was 22. He took this fucking horrible situation and turned into an activist and advocate. And mm-hmm. and the thing that was really sad is that he was talking in the end about what he wants to do with his life and obviously planning to have at least a little more time. Yeah. But yeah, so it's it was really special, I think, that they did the commitment ceremony with him. And mm-hmm. his partner's name is Sean. Sean Sasser, who has also died since mm. then. At, at age 44, I believe so. Anyway, but it's also, it's so different now. When you had HIV, if you were HIV positive
0: you were in the 80s get or 90s, AIDS, it, was a, it was
1: an immediate death sentence. Yeah. I, and that's like, and it really was. I mean, sure, some people lived with it longer than others. But now, I mean, yeah, it's still not curable. And I'm sure it's fucking terrifying to be diagnosed as HIV positive. But we have so many drugs and stuff mm-hmm. that can keep people alive,
0: right? I think for so much longer and keep the symptoms at bay. Well, and right, the money, and then, then there's then it's that, right? Considered so, a treatable yeah, condition,
1: but, which not everyone has. Like, yeah. take a look at you know countries in Africa who mm. are suffering with like a real AIDS crisis. The medicine is uh, out there, and we are too fucking greedy to just give it to them anyway. We're getting all hot in the collar on this side of the room.
0: Is that a phrase? Yeah, hot what in the collar. Say? Hmm, okay.
1: Seriously? You've never heard hot I in the collar? Know.
0: It sounds kind of familiar. It sounds a little... I've heard ring around the collar.
1: Okay. I don't know what else I want to say about this. You know, we chose it for Pedro. Yeah. You know, he became uh, an icon of the gay community and people with AIDS. There's and, a film
0: about him, too, that we talked about watching Yeah. that didn't come out during our time period, but it's about him and his life. And also Judd wrote a book Mm -hmm. about a graphic novel.
1: Pedro and Me, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we should try to get that.
0: And yeah, it's, he was, you could tell in the last episodes, because we skipped a bunch and then watched the last well, 17 and 20. um, He was a lot thinner. Way
1: thinner. Oh yeah, the last. And
0: in like episode 10 or 11 or something, he goes to the doctor and Mm -hmm. they talk about his T cell count it's supposed to be very, like about five hundred, and he has like thirty-two.
1: Yeah, and he gets pneumonia, I think, right after that, mm-hmm. like in the next episodes, and
0: so he's very sick, and you can see that he's his health is declining, and everybody in the house is kind of dealing with, you know, yeah. this is the first time they've had to deal with this in a lot of cases, um, with death at all, and having him, he was so articulate for a twenty-two-year-old.
1: I mean, it's he's one of those people that I'm like, he was 22? Yeah. How is that possible? Because, like, yes, he does have, he had wisdom beyond his years. Yeah. And, and yeah. he probably d- would have anyway, just considering what he had been through in his life mm-hmm. already, coming to the U.S. from Cuba and all that. But, like...
0: Yeah, of course, having a terminal disease is going to give you a different perspective. But yeah. he was so, you could tell he was a very thoughtful yeah. person. He's and the a very opposite of Puck. Respectful yeah. person. Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting choice like you think about why these people came to be in the real world on MTV and it's clear, you know, like Rachel, I don't know. I don't know what her motivations were, but she seemed like a party girl from Arizona state. Yeah. Although she's a young Republican Cute Republican. But she clearly had a goal of being on TV and um Judd even was like this is going to help my my comic, you know, to be a comic artist, yeah. like this is going to help my career, and and um, and you
1: think that's why Pedro went on so Pam, that he could spread the word about AIDS? Well, yeah, and I, stuff? Think,
0: I mean, his whole job, his whole life was being I mean, an AIDS educator at that point, and he wanted to be out there and get the word out more. That and does he knew does had sense, a Limited amount of time because
1: I did find myself wondering, like, is this really how he wanted to spend his last months of life, like doing this shit and dealing with these people, but.
0: Right, but I think but, at yeah, the time, it does make sense. in 1994, it was new. It was a TV show. People didn't have this negative... I mean, people probably did. They were like, oh, this looks stupid, like reality TV. But I think it was still pretty new and interesting that's to a not, lot of people.
1: That's not what I mean. I mean, did he really... It seems like he would have wanted to spend that time with his family or his right, partner. Right. But it makes sense when you frame it that way, that you know it was huge in terms of his ability to raise awareness. Yeah,
0: he became an icon in the community because he was on the show. I mean, if he hadn't been on The Real World, he probably wouldn't, he wouldn't have been as well-known. He was, yeah. you know, he was touring around and giving speeches and talking to groups at schools, but he wasn't, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I have just really mixed feelings about it, though. I mean, I think that's great. But, you know, the their whole conflict is what made this show huge. This was the yeah. first season that made the The Real World a big deal. And it was because of... I mean, yeah, they hadn't had a person with AIDS on the show before, Mm -hmm. of course, but also it was because of this conflict and it just seems so exploitative. Like, it's so, they're just exploiting this situation that Pedro is in Mm -hmm. and that they're all in. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's what they signed up for, but it just is kind of gross when you're dealing with something like this, which is life and death.
0: Yeah. There was, there were a few points when they were fighting and he talks about it being an unhealthy place for him, like an unsafe place psychologically for him.
1: Because Puck is there.
0: Yeah. And, and just the whole idea of going on a reality show, like, you know, that there's going to be conflict between these people and it's going to be a stressful situation. I mean, Puck was right. an extreme. example but we always
1: have to focus on those people. And like, right. at one point, I, w- I was like, where where the fuck is Muhammad? Like, yeah. <laughs> Puck gets way too much airtime right. right. because he's an asshole. He's a total dick bag. Although he was only on the show for half the season, so.
0: But back to your point about Pedro, like, I think there were times where it felt exploitative, or I'm not sure this is like good for him to be in this situation. He should be mm-hmm. resting, or he should be doing these things, but. He said at one point, he went, so a, a journalist, and author, died during the filming of this. Randy right. Sh- Randy Schultz? Yep. Okay. Randy Schultz died. Um, Pedro described him as one of the first writers to write about the AIDS crisis and, and be and have AIDS mm-hmm. and reach middle America. Right. Like he wrote books and he wrote articles um, and they went to his memorial service in San Francisco, and there were well, protesters there from the Westboro Baptist Church that, whatever the fuck his name is, I don't need to say his name, he doesn't need any more publicity.
1: The God hates yeah.
0: So guy. Yeah, so they showed up, and he was there, and he was like, how could how could you protest a memorial service? How could someone hate me that much that they would Who be happy even know I was me? dead and yeah. show up to protest right. and, be, and celebrate? Right. But then he tells one of his roommates at one point, like, You know, that is how I want to be remembered. I want people protesting and yelling and, like, I want to be remembered for having stood for something. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So it makes sense that he'd want to go on the show and spend the last months of his life. Well, and again,
1: he didn't know they were the last months of his life either. No, but
0: but you could tell. I mean, he mentions a few times, like, and he says, I'm not going to make it to my 30s. You know, I'm not going to have a long life yeah so this is what i'm choosing to do with it
1: yeah on a lighter note i just want to quickly talk about the music on this show (laughs) Yes. because there's so much music and i loved it it it's so perfect for the 90s yeah and i think the transitions happen so quickly they'll play like five seconds of a song and then switch and i was wondering because we've talked about this before about licensing with music
0: so this was clearly Somebody taped it on VHS. Daily Motion is kind of like a YouTube thing, like users can upload things. So this was not all totally legal and above board. If it was streaming on a different service, they would have had to change a lot of the music. And I bet that's why they don't.
1: Why it's not available. Why
0: it's not available anywhere. Because it would be too hard. Because they use so much music. It would be impossible.
1: I mean, it really, like, just in episode 5... I started writing down the bands that I recognized. There's REM, Gin Blossoms, Four Non Blondes, Toad the Wet Sprocket, Janet Jackson, Tom Petty, Arrested Development, Beck. And then throughout all of them, I just made a list of other ones. So many others. Tool, Tori Amos, Rage Against the Machine, Porno for Pyros, The Offspring, Enya. And let's get real for a second about how much I used to love Enya. (laughs) I have no shame. Uh, Belly, I think some R and B I didn't recognize. Allison Chain's *Pavement*, REM again, Collective Soul, Sarah McLachlan, the best Sarah McLachlan song before she got super sappy. <laughs> anyway, there I, it just there was so much music, and yeah. every song I was like, "Ooh!" It just was very
0: well, and it's different perfect perfect in every scene. 90s. They they would cut like in the same scene, they'd cut from one shot to another and have a different song playing. It, the yeah. editing was really jarring and weird it and they loved strange. putting in clips of songs and like remixing things and using little parts of songs over and over and over and then playing the yeah the hook yeah it was very very strange but a lot of great
1: 90s just 90s so songs. 90s yeah it's
0: so nostalgic when those things come up it's like oh god i remember the song who is this i yep. said who is this to oh, jen about 40 times
1: and i always knew mm-hmm. james that's the other one i, I oh, didn't yeah. write down james but i fucking loved that oh I and loved the songs that
0: band. were so like there were a little too on the nose sometimes mm-hmm. you know there was a little like intern at mtv going through lyrics oh. as they're cutting together the the scenes of like these two people maybe flirting and falling in love, and these two people like breaking up with someone, and or
1: when Pedro and Puck were fighting, yeah, and they played. You gotta keep them separated. Yes. <laughs> Who sings that? Was that Collective <laughs> the Soul? Oh, that was the Offspring. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. It was. It was definitely. It was definitely on the nose. Yeah. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's interesting and fun to watch. I mean, it wasn't fun because. Because the whole time I was just knowing that Pedro dies at the end or not long after. And watching it, knowing that is actually, it's just so, it's just so sad. It's just devastatingly sad. And how many people died and are still dying. Yeah.
0: It's a really strange, like, time capsule of his life at the end. And I wonder how, like, his family feels about that. Because there aren't, you don't often get that chance to have... The end of someone's life documented in that way. But he was so natural in it. And so I don't know how I'm not very articulate, so I can't express. But like you were saying, he had like wisdom beyond his years. And he, I feel like, and this isn't in like a way, I'm not trying to cheapen it at all, but he had a motivation for being there. And he did it perfectly. Like I feel like he presented himself really well and he was he expressed himself well and he and, was
1: not ashamed of who he was right. he was like i'm an aids educator yeah and he, i have aids
0: he talked about what he wanted to talk about and he got the message out there and he also said like i wanted to come into this thing to get as much out of it as i could and and have relationships with these six other people and so it wasn't all just about spreading the message like he wanted to have he wanted to make friends and mm-hmm. experience this Yeah, it was just a really interesting time for him to be on the show. And then there was Puck. And I wonder what his family feels about when they watch it, because he's Uh, an asshole.
1: (laughs) He's a fucking domestic abuser. Like, none of that is surprising. He's he's a dick.
0: Did we talk about everybody? I feel like we left...
1: We mentioned everybody, yeah. People out. There's only seven people, so... Well, eight. If you count Joe, who replaced Puck. But there's, there's Corey, Judd, Muhammad, Pam, Pedro... Puck and Rachel were the original seven. Did you say Mo? I said Mohammed. Yeah. So okay. yeah, this was a this was a big deal. It was a it was a really big thing that they had not only an openly gay person in the house, but
0: A young Republican too. A
1: person with AIDS. Oh. You're an idiot. Sorry. Um okay. I think that
0: was a big deal for MTV though.
1: Do you have any last Jokes or anything to tell? Because we're kind of on a sad... I don't. kind of ending on a little bit of a sad...
0: Sorry. I would have prepared another one, but I was told by one of my producers um, in an earlier episode never to have more than one no. comic Actually, prepared and not to book end of the episodes Your producer
1: earlier said you better have another one mm-hmm. ready if you're just going to read.
0: Yeah, but that was after we like started the tape rolling. So I can't just... You know, I don't just have these can't just pull him out of my ass, Jen. Okay, I don't storm think that's true.
1: Just hold on one second so I can at least, so we can end on a headline at least.
0: Oh, no. My least favorite segment. Can you guys please um, tweet at us and let Jen know that nobody likes the headlines?
1: I don't do them very often. And she needs to stop. Okay, here's one that says, um, this is from Hattiesburg American. August 20th, 1994 because that's the day the date we are up to. Okay so
0: from Hattiesburg. yeah Some wherever that, I don't know where that is.
1: Mall management claims conflict of interest. Um, and so that is what was going on in the Hattiesburg American. and uh, there there's literally no other words I can read because they're very blurry and um, I don't ha- I, I can't read the article. But I do know that the mall, there was, some, there was some conflict going on there at the mall with the management, and it was a conflict of interest. What do you think that means? If you're managing a mall, what would your conflict of interest be? Well... Like, I like Orange Julius. I know
0: what a conflict of interest is. I can't imagine and don't really want to spend any more tri- time trying to figure out what Trime. it is. Because... <laughs> okay. It's ironic that, you know, it's the least interesting headline you could find, I'm sure. I have no interest in this conflict of interest, In
1: Anyway, okay, well, thank you all so much for listening to us. Obviously, we're not going to only do queer stuff during Pride Month. We just decided to specifically focus on it. And by the way, uh, I'm not sure how much we're going to stick to doing a theme for each month because I've found that it's actually... Kind of stressful. So I think we'll do that when it makes sense. Or we'll do like a couple in a row maybe. But
0: Maybe for July we could do like America. Okay. For 4th of July. Like America movies. No. Movies about America. No. That came out during this time period. Forrest Gump, you know, things like that.
1: Okay, well. Oh, that's
0: right. We said we're never going to talk about Forrest Gump, right?
1: Let's wrap this up. Okay. By the way, we did get several new members in our Facebook group. This week, so welcome everybody. Yeah, we're always so happy when that community grows. If you're
0: listening and you're on Facebook, come join us.
1: Which I think was probably because of a thing that I did, which is no big deal. It is um, kind of a big deal. But anyway, let's go ahead and wrap this up. So and Jen thank you to was
0: published. What? her oh, writing was me? published.
1: You okay? On well, I mean, an we don't need to.
0: Internet website.
1: Two different ones, actually.
0: Do you want to talk about them, Jen? No, I don't. Okay.
1: I was just trying to be funny.
0: The offing.
1: But I do have two pieces. I have two pieces of published writing out there in the world now. One is on McSweeney's and one is in the offing. So go ahead and look for them if you're interested.
0: Yes, they're very funny.
1: I also have a blog if anyone's interested in that. It's called WokingUp.blog.
0: It's not as funny sometimes.
1: Sometimes. Sometimes
0: it's funny. Um, But the offing and McSweeney's, go check them out. It's fun. And yeah, if you're here listening because of those pieces, welcome. And thank you, Jen.
1: Boy, this must have been a big disappointment. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> so, you know, some episodes are better than others, okay? God, get off my This was nuts. a good episode. It just no, wasn't
0: I'm... very funny. I
1: know. I'm just. Hi. Thanks to Grandma Cray for our artwork.
0: Thank you to FiFi Folios for our internet stuff.
1: Thanks to my Violet for our music.
0: Until next time, see, see you in the, the 90s. 90s.
1: True story. True story. Of seven strangers. <laughs> Picked to live in a house. And have their lives changed.
0: home. To find out what happens when people stop being polite. <gasps> and start getting real. The real world. San Francisco.